some of you are really starting to look a bit tired. We're all obviously running on an hour's less sleep, and uh, I know I'm going to probably struggle, so if I fall asleep, just uh, shout at me or something. And uh, so I'm going to work extra hard this morning to keep you guys awake and interested. And uh, I've got to admit, I'm a little bit nervous this morning, I'm a little bit on edge, because I'm partly expecting that in about five minutes, the rest of the congregation are going to stroll in very proudly, thinking they've arrived early. Um, but congratulations to you guys anyway for, for getting it right this morning. I'm very proud of you. And if you haven't met me before, my name's Jeff, and uh, as Rich has obviously introduced me, and I lead one of the small groups here in the church, and we meet in Lewis on Thursday night. So if you're not yet part of a small group, or if you don't really like your small group very much, uh, <laughs> you come and see me at the end, and I'm sure we can uh, do a free transfer. And this morning I've been asked to conclude the uh, Nuts and Bolts series we've been looking at over the past 12 weeks. And this is uh, part 13, and um, the, it's the finale of this series. And I hope you've been enjoying it and getting a lot from it. I think it's been really good. We've been looking at the nuts and bolts, the basics of what makes a fruitful, healthy Christian life. And uh, so in a minute we're going to be looking at a bo- in the Bible. So if you haven't got one, uh, there's some red Bibles at the back if someone... If you just wave your hand in the air and someone will uh, kindly pass you one, Bill. And whilst you're just getting your Bibles, just to recap, the topics we've covered so far in this series in Nuts and Bolts have been, have been these. Number one, first week was Jesus. And then we had sin, the church, the Bible. We covered prayer, the Holy Spirit, faith, work, mission, money, worship and loving one another last week. And finally to conclude is part 13 this morning, which I'm excited about because I think in many ways this relates to every single part of the topics we've had so far. So you'll want to keep awake for this one this morning, particularly as the title for this morning is How to Have a Heavenly Body. That's got Jack's attention this morning. I'm going to be talking about arguably the most intimate of objects in your personal world, which is your human body. So let's get you guys involved. Make sure you are awake this morning. I've got a little quick true and false quiz on the human body. I'll say a fact from a reliable website, or potential fact, and you say whether it's true or false. So number one, every person has a unique tongue print. True, true. It is true. Yes. Number two, as a sneeze zooms out of your mouth at over 100 miles per hour. It's true. You're doing well so far. Number three, every 2,000 frowns creates one wrinkle. <laughs> Apparently it's true. So you better smile at me this morning. because mostly... <laughs> Okay, number five, you burn... No, number four, you blink about 25 times in a minute. Blink. It's true, apparently. This is according to a website, very reliable. Number five, you burn 26 calories in a one-minute kiss. This is, it's true, it's apparently true, but no trying this during the preach, thank you. Number six, this is one for the hills. One human brain generates more electrical impulses in a single day than all of the world's telephones put together. No. It is true. It is true. <laughs> There's a little pattern here, isn't there? Uh, this is the last one. Your stomach... 
Your stomach has to produce a new layer of mucus every two weeks, otherwise it will digest itself. It is true. I'll go through one more. Whilst I'm reading this sentence, 60,000 of the cells in your body will die and be replaced with new cells. No, it's false. (laughs) It's actually 50,000. Unlucky. Now, if I was to ask you this morning, obviously we're all educated on the human body now, but if I was to ask you this morning, how are you doing? How do you feel? I'm sure in some way it will be affected by your body, how it's working. So if you're feeling sick this morning, if you're feeling in pain, if you're mentally low, if you're fit and healthy, it all relates to your body. So if you're starving hungry like Rich, or if you're buzzing on Costa's finest caffeine like Chris, or if you're a slave to the gym like Andy, we're all affected by our bodies on a daily basis on how they're working. You may not be an expert in human anatomy or human science or biology this morning, but you will probably be more aware with how your human body works than probably any other organism. So this morning, we're going to look at a particular special body. And the passage we're going to look at, we are looking at the Bible this morning, is Ephesians 4, verse 16. And if you're using our red Bibles, this is on page 1,175. Okay, thanks, Chris. If you're in Chris's Bible, it's 1162. This is what it says, if you found it. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I'm going to pray. Yeah, Lord God, I thank you that we get to come and worship you today. I thank you that we get to come together as your church. And I just pray you'll use me now as we continue to worship through looking at your word. Use my words to bless every person here I pray you'll speak to them and that each one of us will go away changed and that we'll just meet with you and, and glorify your name, Lord Jesus, through this, your word. In Jesus' name. Now, my main focus this morning is on the six words at the end of this verse, as each part does its work. Although I don't want to take those six words out of context of what Paul's writing here to the Ephesians church. So I've got three main areas I'm going to focus on this morning. And it's nice and easy, it's all tired. They all begin with the letter H, and they all to do with the human body. So number one, just to give you a heads up, is the head. Number two is a heavenly body. And number three is the heart. So firstly, point number one this morning is the head. At the start of Ephesians, and as Rich concluded, uh, brought to us in week three of the Nuts and Bolts series, we know that God's whole eternal plan for the whole of mankind is to create a people connected together as his church in Christ. As Christians, we're called to be part of the church. The church is the only hope for the world, a world that is not permanent, a world that is destined for judgment, a world that needs to know about Jesus. In the Bible, the church, not the building we sit in this morning, but God's people, is described using various metaphors, various imagery, including a temple, a vineyard, a kingdom, a bride, and a family. And looking at this verse 16, Paul uses the metaphor of a human body for the church, a clever image because it's something we can all relate to. In the previous verse 15, Paul writes this about Christians, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. In this verse 16, he continues, From him, the whole body grows 
So my first question this morning to you, to check you're still awake, is who is the head of this body it's referring to? Jesus. Well done. Very good. So I love this. It's all about Jesus. Where we started back in week one of the Nuts and Bolts series, where we conclude in week 13, that at the head is Jesus. At the head is Jesus. In our Christian lives, Jesus must be first. Everything comes from Jesus as the head of the body, the head of the church, which is God's body. It's God's people, sorry. So in Ephesians 1, Paul writes, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, who is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So before we look at playing our own part in the church, in the body, we must start with clearly knowing, if you're a Christian here this morning, that Jesus is the head of the body. Jesus is the head of the church, and Jesus is the head of King's Church Lewis. Jesus is the source of all the church's life, all of her energy, all of her growth. Without Jesus, there is no church, and there cannot be a church. So to illustrate this, in terms of your human bodies this morning, hopefully inside your head this morning is a brain. And your whole nervous system comes originally from your brain and is connected to it. So the smallest nerve or nerve tendril in the tip of your finger can be traced right back to your brain. It goes first back into the spinal cord, which is connected by strands of nerves to your brain, the highest centre of all, which contains everything. And there are incredible bands of communication within your body and your nervous system which link your whole body together. So as I move my finger, amazingly this nervous energy originally comes from my brain. So what Paul is saying is that the supply, the origin of life and energy and power and sustenance and all we need as Christians is in the head, which is Jesus. It passes from him to every part of the body as we need it. So if you're a Christian this morning I want, and part of this church, I want you to know that you're part of a remarkable body where Jesus is at the head. So you may feel very weak this morning. You may feel like you're not a part of things. You may have a casual attitude towards attending church. But do you know that Jesus is connected to you in this very special way? That Jesus sustains you. Jesus is your strength. Jesus gives you life. You have this amazing connection and relationship with Jesus as part of his body. His church, which he has promised he will grow and which we know is on a mission which cannot fail. It's really important that we keep Jesus at the head of all we do as a church if we're going to grow and be healthy. Amen? Now, okay, you may be sitting here wondering, what on earth am I going on about? I don't have this relationship with Jesus. I don't, you may not be a Christian here this morning. You may not have Jesus as the head of your life. He may not be the centre of your life. The idea of the church being like a body is irrelevant to you because you know you're not part of things here. Well, earlier in this book of Ephesians, it clearly states that each and every one of us, however nice we think we are, however many times we go to church, however many old ladies we help cross the road, we're all born as rebels and failures before a God who is holy and perfect. Worse than this, our lives have been incredibly offensive to God, extremely offensive. We've pushed God away. We've all ignored him. We've put ourselves at the centre. We've put ourselves at the head. And God is angry with the way we've lived our lives. 
Who here can say they've obeyed all of God's commands throughout their whole lives? Who here has lived a perfect life before God with Jesus as the head in all you do, in all you think, in all you say? We all deserve eternity in hell. The deserved punishment for our sins. But here's the amazing news. This is what you need to hear if you're not a Christian. That, as we've been hearing already this morning, God so loves each one of us, you and me this morning, that he undertook the greatest rescue mission of all time. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, from heaven to earth. Fully God and yet fully man. Jesus, who has existed for all of eternity, came and lived the perfect life on earth that we couldn't. And Jesus was crucified on the cross, poured out to death. And Jesus took all the punishment from God that we deserved. He was our perfect, righteous substitute. The punishment we should have received for every bad, filthy, disgusting, despicable thing we have ever done was laid on Jesus on the cross. Jesus has given us hope. Jesus rose again from the dead and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, ruling and reigning above everything. So if you're not a Christian, you can become one today. That's the great news this morning. You can acknowledge that you have fallen short of God's perfect standards. That you cannot clean yourself up. You cannot live a perfect life. You've already failed. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't deserve God's favour. You can't deserve God's forgiveness. But because of Jesus and his death on the cross in your place, you could be reconciled with God today. You could be set free from your sin completely, completely washed clean for every wrong thing you've ever done. You could be given new life this morning. You could be restored to the way you were meant to be. You could be given eternal life and know that when you die, you're going to be in heaven with Jesus. This can be done even now, praying to God, saying, I'm sorry for the sin I've committed. I want to repent. I want to turn away. I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to put you at the head. I want to put you at the centre of my life now. I've tried doing it my way. I've tried putting myself as the head, and I know it doesn't satisfy. I need you, Jesus, the source of my life. I need to put you at the head. I want to be part of this body. And when you become a Christian, you are changed forever. God sees you with the perfect righteousness of Jesus every single day, regardless of what you do. It's not based on performance. It's a free gift, and it's the greatest gift you could ever receive. And I'm, I'm holding it out to you this morning, and I, I just, yeah, I think you should take it. I think it's the best gift you could possibly receive. If you want to know more about it, please come and speak to me at the end. I'd love to speak to you, or to Rich, or Chris, or other leaders, and uh, we'd love to talk to you more about it and have a chance to pray with you. So point number two, we've done the heads. Point number two is a heavenly body. So to answer my title for this morning, how to have a heavenly body. How can this body, this church here in Lewis, be as God intends? How can it be healthy and even heavenly? Well, firstly, there are three characteristics from, of a heavenly body from this verse which we need to recognise, and they all begin with the letter D. So you're still looking quite tired this morning. Number one is diversity. In a human body, there are, of course, many different parts, and each one of them, each one of them is different. So it's important to recognise this morning that we each don't need to be clones of Rich Tut. We don't have to have a hundred elbows in the church. I'm not saying that Rich is an elbow, of course. 
But if you feel like a minor part, if you're not a very showy bit of the, of the church here, if you're not, you don't feel like you're a sort of bulging bicep, I want to encourage you that it doesn't matter. It's okay to be yourself with the gifting that God has given you. The body should include all different kinds of people, new and old Christians with various giftings. Paul has already referred to the diversity of gifts within the body in verse 11 of Ephesians 4, which says, God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Just look at the diversity in our leadership team here. Imagine the chaos if Rich did the administration. (laughs) Or if Chris was uh, set set free to lead worship on a Sunday morning. (laughs) We're meant to be different, and that's the way God intended it. Paul so wrote in verse 7, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. It's important to recognise that as well as having different gifts and parts within the body, we have varying capacities as God has given us. Some of us are given high capacity and some are given less capacity. That's fine. So someone like Chris, who has effectively been working two jobs, doing the whole building project, doing a full-time job and leading the family, has probably got more capacity than most of the rest of us. And that's fine. Jesus, as the head, gives to each of us as we need, according to the various capacities we have. And he fills us as we need. So if you're sitting here feeling absolutely useless, like you have nothing to give this morning, that is an awful lie. No one here is the embarrassing part of the body, which God did by accident. You are as God intended you to be. And you can take comfort in that because Jesus will give you strength and all you need. So that's diversity, point number one. Secondly, dependence. This verse refers to the whole body being joined and held together by every supporting ligament. So Paul is making it clear from this metaphor of the body that the health of the body is interdependent on each part working effectively. There's a very special relationship between the different parts with diverse but we must coordinate together. So one great example of three persons living in perfect, loving community could be found at the top of Western Road in Lewis, <laughs> where I live with my buddies, JD, Jack and Dan Hills, and each of our actions has great impact on the other people in the household. We're a team. We're de- interdependent on each other. Each playing our part in harmony. It's remarkable, you should come and see it. So Dan, Dan does the sleeping. Jack impacts the toilet. And I keep hearing this phrase, wash up, but I'm still not quite sure what it actually means. But moving on, Paul actually highlights the importance of each and every part of the body and the incredible way each of us affects the whole body in our actions and the roles we play. If you haven't realised it yet this morning, this means that you, whoever you are this morning, are incredibly important to the health of this church. We need to know this and to live it out. So, for example, if you're sitting here this morning and someone's hurt you, someone's, you're holding unforgiveness towards someone else in the church, you may think that's just between you and them. And that's fine. I can just deal with that separately. That is affecting the whole body. That can impact the whole body. Imagine if my foot this morning is at war with my hand. 
And so my foot is trying to is stubbornly trying to take me over here, so it's taking me across here, and my hand's going, he, he's angry with the foot. The foot's hurt my hands, so he's at war. And so my foot's going, okay, I'm going to take you over there, Jeff. And the hand's going, I hate the foot. The foot, it's cheesy, I hate it. it. It's taking me over there, I want to go over here. So my hand's grabbing on, and my foot's going over here. My whole body is in turmoil, and it's just not going to work, is it? And that is how the effect of the body, if you've got two people at war, within the body and that one's not forgiven the other one, the whole body is affected. You are part of the body. You may feel like a small part, but you will have an effect on this whole body, on this whole church. Sin, disunity, what you do behind closed doors can pollute and infect the whole body, which Jesus is the head of. We're not just independent parts where some parts work well, and the rest can sort of be casual, part-time Christians on the fringe, not with no impact on the others. Living in sin with no impact on the body. No, you will impact the body. If you're an earlobe, we want you to be an earlobe well for the glory of God. To play your part. I actually googled the point of an earlobe, because I wasn't quite sure, and uh, to see if it was a good example this morning. And apparently, it's not really, because... It's only good for two things, which this is new to me. Ears, not ears, earrings, earrings, and kissing, apparently, is the second one. uh, Again, not during the the preach. Uh, Maybe a better example is if you get... (laughs) You're just thinking about that now, aren't you? When you get home. Um... Maybe a better example is if you get a pain in just the smallest part of your body, like a tiny prick to your finger, can cause an infection which can bring disease to the whole body. So that's number two, which is dependence. So we've looked at diversity and dependence. And the third point is development. Andy and Katie are still excited about this here, though. But it's been... Okay, thanks. <laughs> number three, development. The body, the church, is meant to develop. As it says in the verse, grows and builds itself up. As we've seen, this growth comes from Jesus as the head. We're to grow up individually and to mature as Christians, as we've been looking at this nuts and bolts series, but also we're to mature corporately and to grow as Christians corporately as part of the body together. And we're interdependent on each part growing together. If one part is not growing it will cause growing pains for the body as a whole. This is why we need to be together and unified. This is why we need relationships. We will not grow on our own. Church is not just a casual club. Small group in the week is not for just when we feel like it. Whether you turn up, whether you contribute, will not only affect your growth and maturity as a Christian, but it will affect the growth of this church. It's more than just about ourselves, and we need to know this. Amen? So there are three different characteristics of a heavenly body from this verse, being diversity, dependence, and development, all starting with letter D. So if you're here as a part of this church, as a Christian, I want you to know that you're part of an incredible heavenly body. It says in 1 Peter that we are a people chosen by God and precious to him, each one of us, that we've been built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. We are chosen people. You were chosen to play your part before the creation of the world. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people belonging to God, set apart to live now for the glory of God together in this heavenly body as Jesus' church. This is mind-blowing. It's incredible. What a privilege. We need every bit of this heavenly body. We need the part you are this morning. All parts are wanted and precious. They're precious to God. We need all types of gifts and personalities and skills and backgrounds and ages in this church. No one is too old or too young to play their part this morning. Is there a part of your body you'd give up this morning? Would you give up an arm or a leg or even an earlobe? I know I wouldn't. Your part is chosen by God and you can take comfort in that. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that as Christians we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You are created to do good works as part of God's church. No one here is exempt from this. We all have different gifts, different capabilities, different capacities. But this is crucial, the last six words of this verse. As each part does its work. As a body works best when every part is working well, so the church works best when each are doing our part. Who are the parts of the body? It's the people of God. It's us, you and me this morning. Look again at the verse. From Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each what? Each person, that's you, does his work. It doesn't say it's rich Chris and Andy lead the church or it's your small group leader arranges the meeting in the week. It says no. It says as you play your part. You have a huge part to play and it is vital to the growth and building of the body. Your part affects the whole body. Because although we're diverse, we're dependent on each other for development as the body of Christ. We need to recognise that King's Church Lewis is not a business. It's not for consumers to serve your personal needs this morning. It's not for you to get stuff. The church is a family. God is our Father and we are a household of God. Just as in a household, each member has chores to do for it to function well. We have the privilege of playing a crucial, crucial, integral part of the most incredible body there will ever be. If we don't play a part, it will have a massive impact on the whole body. So if my left elbow this morning rebels and seizes up and decides it's not going to do its bit in my body, so it's going like this, it's going to have an effect on my whole body. So for example... You know, if tonight you decide that heartbeat on TV is more important than coming to the prayer meeting, it means that as one part of the body isn't working, the rest has to work extra hard. So my right arm is burdened with all the work that my left arm isn't doing. So each part is important to the body. So in order to have a heavenly body, we must each play our part effectively. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, For we are God's fellow workers... You are God's field, God's building. This is incredible. It's not just that you have to do chores for God. It's understanding that you get to do good works for God. We get to join with God in what he is doing here on earth as his fellow workers. God's mission is the only hope. It's the only rescue plan for mankind. A great example of this is with the church building over the road. As we've just heard, we 
58,000 last week in the gift day. Just think, the fact that we can actually, yes, as you guys gave your money so greatly in faith last week, when we look back, you know, in years to come when that building's packed out, we get to look back and go, amazingly, I had the privilege of giving to that. You can look back and go, I had an amazing privilege of being part of something like that, that God used me in that and giving my money to something like that. Just the greatest mission there will ever be. There's no greater mission on earth to be part of. We get to part, be part of something that has eternal consequences. One day we'll stand before Jesus. And if you've played your part well in this church, with what God gives you, with the capacity he gives you, playing your part well, you'll not regret the time and effort and money you've given. As Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. It's important that we recognise that we're the body of Christ, not just at meetings, not just on a Sunday morning, not just at a small group, not just at prayer meetings, but we're the body of Christ 24-7. We are his body all the time. What you do every single day will affect the growth of this church, whether you are playing your part. How you are at work, how you are with your family this afternoon, or at the pub, or in your bedroom, will impact the whole body. So finally, what does this practically mean then for you to play your part in the church? Well, here's a question for you. How many people work for this church? How many people are in full-time ministry? Very good, yeah. I knew I wouldn't trick Liz. (laughs) If you're a Christian this morning, you may not realise it, but I want you to know that you are in full-time ministry every day with Jesus. If you're a member of this church, you are in full-time ministry here because you're part of this heavenly body and you have a part to play. This church currently has one full-time employed pastor for about 100 members. Impactors don't count. (laughs) The only way we'll grow and have a heavenly body is by each person, that's you, playing your part. This includes so many things. Just for example, this is just a few of them, being in the worship team, babysitting someone's kids, serving on the hosting team, encouraging someone who needs it, helping with King's Tots, going to visit a sick church member, doing the PA, hosting visitors for lunch, leading the youth group, giving pastoral support to people who need it, serving teas and coffees, praying for each other, helping with the catering, giving teaching, doing accountability of each other, leading the small groups, stewarding the buildings, sharing our possessions, sorting the website, helping with the Alpha course, inviting your friends to Alpha or group, running foundations with new Christians, putting the chairs out, sorting the admins, serving in the kids' work, being on the intercessors team, helping with the outreach at the precinct, preparing the preaching, running the Freedom in Christ course, providing the money for all this, and there is so much more. I don't think Rich can manage all this on his own. You won't get paid for this work in Sterling, but your reward is in heaven, and it's eternal. So the big question this morning to you, if you haven't fallen asleep, is what's your part? This couldn't be more relevant right now. What an exciting time as a church. We've got a new building. We're going to be having new people join us. We've got spare capacity. The list of things to be done is going to get bigger. Do we want to be a healthy, growing, heavenly body? If we do, we each need to be playing our part. 
There's two practical aspects to this. Firstly, there's the formal ways of playing your part in the church. If you haven't got one, get an official role or even several. Get involved serving in the church here. It's a bit like we're a crew on a ship. You need to find a role that suits you. The whole crew is needed to be together. But if the crew members are in the wrong position, if you're not playing your right part, the ship's not going to run right. So, for example, if you've not got the captain steering the boat, then you're going to be in trouble. So, for example, what I'm trying to say here is if you, if you don't like kids, if you hate kids, don't do kids' work. If you sing like me, don't go up there and lead worship. Find what you're good at, find what you like, find what you're gifted in, get stuck in and get serving. So if it's greeting people, get on the hosting team. If you love praying for others, then see Hillary and join the intercessors team. If you like catering, ask Abby how you can contribute at church events. If you're good at tea and coffee, serve them, get on the rotor. If you're musical, get serving on the worship team, see Andy. I can guarantee you there's a formal way in which every single person in this church can be serving, whoever you are. Secondly then, so you've got the formal ways. Secondly, there's the informal ways of playing your part in this church. Again, find what your heart is for. Find what you're skilled at, what you do naturally, and do it. This is more subtle. You won't be on a rotor for this one, and you probably won't be asked to do this one. This involves you using a little bit of initiative. If you're great hosts, invite people over for lunch. You may have a heart for those that are broken and have no one. Get alongside them, give them support. It may be that you're a great listener, you're good at pastoral support, pastoral care. It may be that you can babysit someone's kids, you can offer to do that. Find what's needs doing, what blesses someone else, and do it. Two quotes I heard recently, which aren't in the Bible, but I think are challenging and really good, are firstly, the true test of a man or a woman is what he does when he thinks no one is looking. And secondly, the true measure of a man is how he treats someone who can do him absolutely no good. I think they're quite challenging. Thirdly, then, and finally, quite briefly, is point three, which is the heart. The third part of the human body, indirectly referred to in this passage, is the heart. This is very much related to Rich's preached last week about loving one another as Christians. It's not just that we have a, good, uh, a list of good works to do because the Bible says we have to. But actually, we need to really consider our motivation behind the works we're doing, the part we play in this church. Paul clearly outlines that the whole body grows and builds itself up in what? In love, as each part does its work. This is an issue of the heart. If we're to grow and to be a heavenly body, we must each play our part in love. Not because it's not out of duty and certainly not out of guilt. If we truly love Jesus with all our heart, all our soul, all our entire mind, all our strength, and we love each other as we love ourselves, as the two greatest commandments in the Bible tell us to, and because we recognise all Jesus has done for us, then we will play our part well to bless others and to glorify Jesus as the head. Amen? We need to look to serve others in whatever way we can with a motive of love. Not to impress the leaders, not because it's my ministry, my gifting, but because we love Jesus and we love his church and we're desperate to see it grow and be healthy. So to conclude, we've looked at three parts 
of the human body this morning. Three H's. The head, who is Jesus, a heavenly body, and finally, the heart. And to answer my title for this morning, how to have a heavenly body, we need to recognise that we are part of a body which is diverse and which is dependent on you to play your part in love if we're to develop well and grow in a healthy way. And if you're not a Christian, not part of this body this morning, you can be a part today. You can become a Christian, a Christian, excuse me, and give your life to Jesus, the head of all things. And we need to remember as Christians that we have the privilege of being part of a heavenly body, not just on Sunday mornings, but 24-7. That what each of us do, whether we play our part, the vital part which God has given us, will impact the whole body. So my prayer is that we'll be unified together and that we'll each get stuck in and play our part here in Lewis as part of a heavenly body. Amen? Brilliant. Nice one. Um, thank you, Jeff. Um, we-